Okay, if you've got your Bibles, if you'd like to turn to Luke chapter 3, it's actually where we were last week. <coughs> See if I can get through this. If we turn to Luke chapter 3, for the children, Isaac's handing round some sheets. Uh, if you just hold on to those for a minute, I'll explain in a little while what we're doing, but actually feel free if you just want to, you can uh, make them look like yourself. There's a picture of a person, by all means, make them look like yourself, but there's, uh, we'll something that we'll be looking specifically to do in just a little while. Uh, but we're going to be in Luke chapter 3. This is part of our new series on God's kingdom that we started a couple of weeks ago. And through this series, we're thinking about God's kingdom from the, the perspective of actually what can we expect it to look like? <coughs> what can we expect God's kingdom to look like? A couple of weeks ago, we were thinking about this if you were here. If you remember, we were saying that the kingdom of God reflects all that is true of the king. And I asked the question, if you were king or queen, what would your kingdom look like if it reflected you? Some of the answers I remember, I think someone said something about there'd be rainbows. Someone said Dalmatians, someone said dinosaurs. I thought someone said geckos, they actually said Lego. Um, but all of these things coming through actually what your kingdom might look like. But actually... When we're thinking about God's kingdom, God's kingdom reflects all that is true of its king. It reflects all that is true of God. And so we're thinking, okay, so what can we expect it to look like? <coughs> and this morning, as has already come through, we're thinking about God's presence. And the reason that we've been talking about and thinking about and singing about God's presence is because when God's kingdom comes... His presence comes. That's what we can expect. What does God's kingdom look like? It looks like his presence coming. So we're going to explore that a little bit more in these last few moments that we have together today. So Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. If you were here last week, these will be familiar to you because unless I've got it horribly wrong, this is what Mike was reading to us last week. And so we're going to come back. It's about the baptism of Jesus. And this is what Luke writes in his gospel account he says now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him <coughs> in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven you are my beloved son with you I am well pleased Mike so helpfully last week was helping us just to recognize this father's declaration over Jesus. This declaration of his son, who he loves, of his pleasure and his delight is in him. But one other thing that we see, we absolutely see that in this moment, as Jesus is baptized, we see this declaration <coughs> of the father over Jesus. But what else do we see? We also see that the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus. Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus. And then it is from this point that Jesus' ministry begins. We see that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, is then led into the wilderness to be tempted. Led by the Spirit. And then after 40 days, Jesus, full of the Spirit, the Scriptures say, Jesus, full of the Spirit, begins his ministry. Begins this ministry of traveling from place to place of proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. 
not only through word, but also through demonstration. Demonstrating God's kingdom through healing and miracles. But that doesn't begin until the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Until the Holy Spirit fills him. We've just shared communion. We've broken bread together. And within that we think about Jesus' life. And his death and his resurrection. But after Jesus was raised again to life. He said something that was hugely puzzling for his followers. He says it is better for you that I go. He says it's better for you that I go. Because when I go I can then send the Holy Spirit to you. And you can continue what I have begun. How Jesus had come to advance the kingdom. To see the kingdom break through. And the same Holy Spirit who filled Jesus. Who led Jesus. Who empowered Jesus has now been poured out on God's people. Has now been poured out on you and me. Which is why that verse we read at the start from Ephesians. Why Paul was able to say we are being built together into a dwelling place of God, for God, by the Spirit. You see, when God's kingdom comes, his presence comes. I just want us to spend a moment just thinking about one story about Jesus advancing God's kingdom. Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, I want us to just... Look at this story of one thing that he did. And I just want to draw a few things out for us. So it would just a couple of chapters along. We're in Luke chapter 5 now. And from, from verse 12 it says this. It says that while he was in one of the cities, that is Jesus, there came a man full of leprosy. Now, when it's talking about leprosy here, uh, the, 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 uh, the word used there was actually for, could cover all kind of range of of skin diseases, so not necessarily leprosy as we would understand it to be now. But So while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Here's one story. When we're saying, what does the kingdom of God look looks like? This gives us one story of what the kingdom of God looks like, as the kingdom of God comes and breaks in and advances. This man is healed. This man who comes to Jesus and says, I'm sick and I need healing. Jesus heals him. That is God's kingdom breaking through. That is God's kingdom breaking through into this man's life. And then what happens? People hear what has happened. And crowds gather because they also want to hear what it is that Jesus has to say. They also want to be healed because they've heard of this man who has been healed by Jesus. Jesus, full of the Spirit. Jesus led by the Spirit. Jesus empowered by the Spirit. Isn't that what we're longing to see? Don't we long to see people being healed by the power of God? Don't we long to see people hearing about that and coming and saying, I too need to be healed. 
And also tell me more. What is it that you've got to tell me about this Jesus? Don't we long to see that? We've got words specifically over us as a church about healing, about an increase in healing. Don't we long to see it, brothers and sisters? Don't we long to see the kingdom of God breaking through in our communities in that way? Amen. See, sometimes I think, actually, I could just give everything, I could give everything to that. Surely there is nothing more important than that. But what does Jesus do when the crowds come to him? Jesus withdraws himself and he goes and spends time praying to the Father. We think, why would Jesus do that? All these people are here. You've been proclaiming that the kingdom of God is coming and there are these people here that need the kingdom of God to break in in their lives. Jesus, what are you doing in withdrawing and and leaving the crowds as they come? But actually, as we look at the life of Jesus, this was a regular pattern of his life. He would often withdraw from the crowds go into the desolate and quiet places and spend time with the Father before then coming back and continuing, proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom. See, when we're thinking, he went to speak to his Father, but also to have his Father speak to him. See, wherever we go, we carry the presence of God with us. We need to really understand this. If we've been filled by the Spirit of God, if God has chosen to live in us by His Spirit, that means that wherever we go, we carry the presence of God with us. And God loves to reveal Himself to people who do not yet know Him. That is God's heart, is to reveal Himself to people who do not yet know Him. We see it in that story. We see it in this story. That actually God is revealing himself to people who don't yet know him. As this man gets healed, as people come and gather, want to be healed, want to hear this message that Jesus proclaims. God loves to reveal himself to people who do not yet know him. We see that there, but what also do we see? We also see that Jesus recognized his need to be present with his father. His need to be present with God. Of how absolutely imperative and fundamental that was. And as I was thinking about what I wanted to share this morning, what it was that God wanted to lay on our hearts, in all honesty, at the start, this isn't what I felt I would be speaking of. I thought maybe I'd be thinking about actually what does it look like for God to reveal himself to people who do not yet know him? What does it look like for the presence of God to come in and impact and change our communities? We've got another week next week, so perhaps we'll look at that a little bit more today. But the thing that really captured my attention and the rest of my heart is the fact that Jesus withdrew to be present with God. Jesus withdrew to have that time with the Father. To speak to him, but also to have the Father speak back to him. And I think one of the reasons why I've come to this place this morning is because it's something that God's been working in me recently. Pete so helpfully a little earlier said, do you know what, sometimes we can be so busy doing things, and often they're good things, and they can very much be things uh, that, are, that are kingdom things, seeking to, to, to live a life for Jesus and seeking to make him known. But it's possible to do all of those things, but actually to miss what it is that God is wanting to say to us in that moment. 
And I think that's what God has been speaking to me about of late. So perhaps that's why I'm sharing it with you today. But actually if Jesus recognised his need to be present with God, then surely that's true of each of us as well. To have that time. To speak to our Father and to have him speak to us. I think if you're, what I'd love for you to take away today, if nothing else, is this. That as we take up the call to advance the kingdom, we must recognise his voice. What it is that he is saying to us. But then we need to think, okay then, so how does God speak? How does God speak to us? The Bible is full of true stories of people who heard from God. What I'd love for you to do now, just with someone nearby, just for a moment, to be great for the children. If you chat with someone nearby as well, maybe parents have these conversations with your children now. What are some of the ways that God speaks to people in the Bible? We'll get a bit of feedback and we'll see. Hopefully you tick off the list that I've got here, maybe add some more. So just for a moment, with someone nearby, children, I'd love you to get involved in this too. What are some of the ways that God speaks to people in the Bible? Okay, just while those conversations are going on, just as a, an extra bit to think about, has God spoken to you in any of these ways? And if so, which ways do you find God speaks to you? Just share that with someone nearby and then we'll get some answers in a second as I'll come to you first. Okay. So, which of these ways does God speak to you in, or have you known God to speak to you in? Okay, just want to draw those conversations to a close. It may well be that you've not covered all of them, but across all of us, I'm sure, we'll get there. So, I'd love some feedback on this. So, what are some of the ways that God speaks to people in the Bible that we see? Any ideas? Ez, did you have one? You've got a mouthful of biscuit at the moment. Yeah. Do I need to come back to you or no? So when God's supposed to you about uh, yes. back Yes. Yes. So yeah, Ez, I know Pete shared this story before. God actually once told Ezra that's was it specifically for Phil for someone that that Phil had a bad back. Ez didn't know this at the time, and then when uh, it was mentioned to Phil, Phil was like, actually, I have a bad back. And we, someone was able to pray for Phil. So God spoke to Ez about something else that someone else was feeling in their body. That's one of the ways that God speaks. That's a fantastic answer, Ez. Well done. Any more thoughts? What are some of the ways that we see God speak in the Bible? Don't be shy, people. Burn through the burning bush. Yeah, yeah, God speaks through the burning bush. Through a donkey as well, yeah, okay. Any other ways that God speaks? Through dreams. Yes. Is that a hand up? Oh, all right. Molly. Through dreams as well. Yeah, absolutely. God speaks through dreams. Yes. No, not through dogs. I don't think. Angels. Angels. Absolutely. God speaks through angels. Anything else? Through scripture. Fantastic. Through creation. Absolutely. An audible voice. Yes, God's actually speaking to people so they can hear a voice. Mike? Through events such as plagues and invasions. Through events, things that are going on, God's speaking through. Isaac, have you got an answer? Talking through our 
heart. Talking through our hearts. God speaking to us in our hearts. God, that just made me tear up then. <laughs> Anything else? Bush? Through other people. God speaks through other people. Through his words, yes, so through the scriptures, through his words, yeah. Through through events, yeah, through the weather and events. These are the ones I had, I think we've covered these. God speaks through prayer, through audible voices, through angels, through prophets, through dreams, through visions, through creation, through the scriptures. God speaks to us through spiritual gifts that other people are using to speak to us. The reason I say this is because when we talk about actually how does God speak and learning to recognise his voice, we need to realise the scope within which God speaks to us. And how actually we might find that the way that God speaks to us is perhaps different to the way that God primarily speaks to someone else. But I also want us to raise our expectation for the fact that God might want to speak to us in any number of ways. But actually are we ready to hear what he would say? Are we paying attention? For Jesus, part of that was withdrawing and having that time set aside. There will be moments actually in, in, as we're going about our days where God will speak to us. And actually Holy Spirit enables us, doesn't he, to, to hear what it is that God is saying. But I just want to just lay this out there for us today and for us to take hold of. So as we, have, as we take up the call to advance the kingdom, we must recognise his voice. That means let's be open to any way in which God might want to speak to us. I don't know of anyone that's heard God through a burning bush or a donkey. But actually, let's, I'm open to being surprised by how God would want to, want to talk and would want to communicate. So for the children, if you've still got your sheets on there, actually, you know, sometimes it's easy to forget the things that we've just been talking about or thinking about. So maybe on your pictures, you might just like to write or draw some of the ways in which God chooses to speak to us. Just to jot those down or, or draw them down just might be really helpful for us. There's something to take away with us. But here's where I'm at, and this is, I just want to share this with you. What I've realised is that I often say to God, God, I want you to speak to me. What is it that you want to say to me? What is it that you want to speak to me for myself, for my family, for my church, for my neighbours? And I'll pray this because I want to know what it is that God would say. But what I've realised is that I often then put myself in a place where I'm not making myself available to hear what he would say. Or I'm listening to lots of other voices that might actually crowd out the voice of God. Could be, do you know what, sometimes I'm, I'm in the kitchen and I'm, I'm cooking or sitting in the dishwasher and I've got something on the telly on my phone. Why? Because I like being entertained. Because I like having things to keep me busy and keep me entertained. When I'm working, I can be listening to music or to podcasts and these things aren't necessarily bad things. They're not bad things. But if I'm doing it all the time, and I've constantly got voices coming into my head. Am I making space for God to speak or not? I've actually found one of the, one of the ways that I feel God speak most clearly to me is this, is when I go for a walk and I put all the other distractions away. And within that, I often find God speaks to me. 
And I think it's because I'm making space for God to speak. And I'm setting my ears to him and saying, actually, God, there's nothing else going on here. Come and speak. And I feel this has been a challenge for me. And I'm really trying to make a point of throughout the day, yes, I will still listen to music. And yes, I will still watch stuff on my phone at times. But I'm setting aside time where I'm not doing that. And I'm turning it off. Even if I'm working, even if I've still got other things going on, I'm making it as quiet as I can in order to... Actually, God, what is it that you want to say? And I just feel I want to bring this because I think actually... In the age that we're in, where we have so much access to entertainment and so much access to information and so much access to other voices, are we prioritising making space for the voice of God in our lives? And I don't mean this in a condemning word, but I think actually sometimes we need to speak directly to things that we've maybe not even realised are a problem. See, there's a reason why Jesus withdrew to the quiet place. So that there was nothing else to distract him from what he was coming to do. Life is busy. There's always competition for what we give our time and attention to, isn't it? There's always something else to be doing. But brothers and sisters, don't let that busyness, don't let that seeming demand actually rob us from setting aside time to be with the Father. Of speaking to him and allowing him to speak to us. You know, at the outset of this series, one of the things I wanted to share in terms of what the heart of this series was, I said sometimes when we're thinking about the kingdom of God, we think about what does it look like for the kingdom of God to advance in the lives of those who don't yet know Jesus? What does it look like for the kingdom to come in our communities? But I really feel that through this series, there's going to be a a deepening and a, a, a growth that happens in terms of actually what does it mean for us to live in the fullness and the goodness of the kingdom. And so when we're thinking about actually God's kingdom looks like God's presence coming, yes, what does that look like in terms of our, God's presence coming in our communities and to our neighbours and to our schools? But what does it look like for God's presence to come in your life? What does it look like for us to grow in our awareness of God's presence? What does it look like for us to grow in our, uh, our, our awareness of what it is that God is saying to us? And we can give ourselves to the things of the kingdom which are good things. And we can give ourselves to seeing God's kingdom come in in our communities. But let's not do that at the expense of enjoying God's presence. Of enjoying fellowship with him as sons and daughters of the living God, may I just pray for us, just pray for us as we go from this place, that through this day, through this week, looking forward, that God would be speaking to us, that we would hear what it is that he would want to say. I'm feeling more and more convinced That actually so much of the kingdom advancing is when people are obedient to what God is calling them to do and what God is telling them to do. You know, God's kingdom came in life, in in Phil's life, when Ezra heard what God was saying and said, actually, I think God wants to do something in this moment. But God uses us, doesn't he, in order to see the kingdom come in other people's lives. I'm just feeling a real, not just a burden, but an invitation to say God wants to speak to you 
God wants to speak to you. But for us each to consider, actually, am I putting myself in the place where actually I'm listening to God? Where I'm seeking God's voice, where I'm seeking God's word. So, Father God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that Jesus returned to be with you so that the Spirit could be poured out on us. Lord, I want to thank you that in your word it says that when the Spirit comes, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will dream dreams, your old men will have visions. Lord, I want to thank you that actually in the Spirit coming, there was your heart that you would be able to speak to us, that you would communicate with us, that you would share your heart to us, that you would tell us about the things that you are calling us to, that your kingdom would advance as you speak to us and as we're obedient to the things that you are calling us to do. Lord, when your kingdom comes, your presence comes. And we thank you that you are present with us. We thank you that your spirit lives in us. We thank you that you want to speak to us. And so, Lord, I pray, may I just encourage you where you are, if you're in this place, just to say, God, would you speak to me? God, would you speak to us? We long to hear your heart. We long to hear your plans and your purposes. We long to hear your affirmations. So I say, God, would you give us ears to hear? Would you give us eyes to see? Would you give us hearts to receive and minds to conceive what it is that you are saying to us? Father, I want to pray for those who feel actually, I don't know whether God has actually ever spoken to me. Lord, I want to pray for breakthrough there. Just as that plate was broken earlier in our meeting, Lord, I pray for breakthrough in people being able to hear your voice. Lord, for those of us who, like me, have just realised actually we're, we're opening ourselves up to hearing many other voices, but maybe not prioritising the voice we need to hear above all. I pray that you would help us in these coming days. To make that space, to make that time, to just allow our ears and our hearts to be open to what it is that you would say to us. Say, Holy Spirit, would you help us just to be so aware of what it is that you are doing? Lord, I pray that you would surprise us with the things that you are saying to us, the things that you are calling us to do. But I pray as you speak to us, Lord, I pray that you would accompany that with courage to be obedient to the things you're calling us to as well. Lord, we long to see your kingdom come. But Lord, we also long to delight in your presence, to be able to rest in your presence, sons and daughters of the living God. Father, I pray for breakthrough to come this morning. Lord, I pray that today would actually serve as a real uh, a, a catalyst, a real ignition point for an increase of hearing your voice. Lord, I know that you're speaking. I know, Lord, that you're speaking in my life, but I often don't hear it. But Lord, I pray for an increase in us as your church, hearing your voice. We say, God, would you speak? God, would you speak? We pray in Jesus' name.